Actually, before you guys get too cozy, stand up with me really quick, okay? I know, I know. Already here and complaining, dang. What a night it's gonna be then, guys. All right, so, oh my word. Not payback. Okay, I think we're good now. Okay, actually, so I want you to do something different. I actually want you to pray for yourself. Truth is, is that I'm not a special person. I don't have really great words, but Jesus has something for each of us tonight. And so as you're praying for yourself, I'm going to pray also for myself and everyone in the room. So go ahead. All right, well, Jesus, Lord, you are here. We love you. We want to get to know you more, God. Lord, would you stand with me? Would you stand with my friends? Would you open up our hearts to what you have? Would you move how you want to move, God? Lord, you know I am ordinary and I need your help. And, you know, help me to put down just the striving or the performance um, parts of me and help me to just deliver what you want to say to each of our hearts and even my own. So, Lord, we love you and we love what you have for tonight and receive it in your name. Amen. Amen. Go ahead and sit down now. And jump around. Just joking. Not jumping around tonight. <laughs> cool. All right. Everyone's sitting down now. This is the most wild thing. Eyeballs on me. Okay. So, hello, everyone. I am Haley Sidwell. If you don't know me, I am what they call a G2, a give a year. It's my second give a year. Um, I'm a missionary associate with Chi Alpha. And though I like to joke around that in college that I majored in Chi Alpha and, you know, minored in internationals or something, <laughs> truth is that I actually graduated with a family studies degree from CMO in 2020. CMO's awesome. Chi Alpha is awesome, man. Like, I was completely born, reborn by the Holy Spirit and entered into the family of Jesus. And I'm in awe about, like, how my identity is no longer in my past or my biological family. Um, or what others told me I was. <laughs> but I was bought by the blood of Jesus, received a new heart, new nature, adopted by him. Um, and over the years, as I've been discipled, I've learned how to do and live life in the family of Jesus. And it's been great. So all I can say is that I can never and I will never be the same because of Jesus' impact on this ministry and in my own life. So can anyone else relate around here? <laughs> yeah, go Jesus. Okay, okay, cool. So, you know, I want to share some life with you tonight. I mean, it's what we do here in Chi Alpha, so let's read the theme verse together. Because we loved you so much, we were delighted to share with you not only the gospel of God, but our lives as well. Boom. Good job. I forget that part sometimes, so... All right, so to share some life with you guys, I have a story from my sophomore year of college when I was with my close international friend. Um, her name was Tabita. She's from Nepal. We shared a lot of life together, and I totally delighted in our time together because she loved Jesus, too. And so it made things pretty great. And also, she's going to be listening to this later, so hey, I love you. <laughs> um, but yeah, we're still awesome friends to this day. And at this point, really, in my relationship with Jesus as a sophomore, I was absolutely on fire for God. Like, I was reading my Bible every day. I had a whole year of Chi Alpha Jesus stuff under my belt. Um, and I even became a small group leader. I was like, man, I'm doing pretty good. Um, <laughs> and so I was like, I'm a strong Christian Haley now. But Tabita actually knew the truth about me, and she knew me pretty well because we shared life together. 
So she totally saw countless raw moments where really I was completely numb to my emotions. <laughs> I thought being emotional made me a weak person or imperfect person. And so I was never really vulnerable with God or other people. Um, and then she also saw me completely explode and blow up over things that were really not that big of a deal. And so the ones that I really chose not to deal with, honestly. Um, but she was still such a great friend in my life because she stuck with me. She was real. She loved me anyways, and she really never failed to speak truth into my life. So one day we're sitting at Tabita's kitchen table. We're sipping the poly tea. We're doing some homework and we're chatting, and I get this phone call, and I immediately like hang up, and I'm just like so upset about something. And to be honest, like to this day, I don't even remember what I was upset about, um, which can prove that you know the things that we're upset about today probably won't be a big deal you know two weeks from now or in my case four and a half years from now so I mean sometimes it can be but probably not and so here it goes she sips her Nepali tea and she looks at me and she's like oh Haley ma timula maya garchu which means I love you in Nepali but she was like you need to grow up I need to grow up I'm thinking in my head, oh my God, I am grown up. I'm grown in Jesus now. And like <laughs> all this stuff like starts popping up in my head, like I'm mature for my age. How dare her? <laughs> and so <laughs> now, nowadays, I actually understand what she meant. <sighs> it's crazy. She saw how I struggled emotionally. She saw me be numb. She saw me when I exploded. I mean, we're talking about the same Haley <laughs> that uh, ruined the family photo when she was four. Oh, this is also Tabita, by the way. <laughs> yeah, so the classic Haley ruining the family photo, emotionally immature. <laughs> and then we recreated it. This is my family, by the way. They're incredible. They're awesome. Please ask me about them sometime. I love them with all my heart, and they're a lot of fun. So, yeah. <laughs> so my problem, although I was growing spiritually, I struggled a lot emotionally. I was this new creation in Jesus, but I still had all my past experiences, failures, broken family history, habits, addictions that I hadn't learned how to work through yet. And they don't really magically disappear, you guys, when you come to college or when you accept Jesus into your life. Just saying. So we, we have a problem. <laughs> We struggle to have real emotional strength because we don't know how to process our emotions or we just don't know how to behave whenever we do experience them. And before some of you drift off tonight thinking that this sermon was only for like the feelers in the room or the girls in the room, no, like this is for all of us because we are all emotional beings. And so hear me out tonight, stick with me. Uh, most of us view emotions in a negative way because of the culture we live in. Um, we usually deal with them really by what we learned growing up. And so some of us may have had dads that really only showed us anger. So you only know how to express anger. Or maybe you had a mom that just worried about absolutely everything, so you worry. Or maybe you had that friend in high school who always experienced everything in the same level of emotional intensity in all situations. A loved one dies, they're out of Chick-fil-A sauce. <gasps> you know, like, just, that's an example. So, <laughs> and for most of us, like, some of us are really numb 
some of us actually don't feel much at all. <laughs> and then others of us are completely ruled by them, and they rule our behaviors and our life and our walk and what we do. And this is not a good place for us to be at all. It's really easy, you guys, to compartmentalize our Christian walk to only spiritual things. And many of us show up on Tuesday night worship services, we read the Bible, we go to small group, we serve in community, we're great leaders. That's awesome. Yet, we don't really share what's going on in the inner parts of us in community because we're afraid. We're afraid to face the inner parts, the things that are vulnerable, the things that require us to face bad feelings. And so the problem when we don't do this is that we actually don't know what our healing story and testimony is. How sad is that? How can we be the effective Christians and witnesses in this world, the world changers that I know you all can be and are? How can we be that for Jesus if we haven't even experienced emotional healing from him? It's almost impossible. And so truthfully, we remain impaired in our ability to mature fully if we don't learn how to embrace or control our emotions. And so this leads me to our topic tonight and our theme or the one-liner that I want you to remember out of all things I say tonight. <laughs> the emotionally mature Christian embraces their emotions and controls their emotions. Voila. <laughs> I need a sip of water, so... That is not what I sound like, but... <laughs> all right, so God, what does God have to say about all this? Like, is it in the Bible? Why am I up here? So Jesus wants us to have a new view on emotions through people. He gives us real-life examples. And so we normally talk about Jesus every week at service, but tonight we're actually going to look at the Old Testament and focus on this dude named David. So David was a man who trusted God with all his heart and looked forward to the time that Jesus would restore the world. And God, during this time, chose a man named Saul to be king, but eventually he was disobedient, and God actually ended up rejecting him. So, God then chose David, this ordinary man, shepherd, musician guy, to be king because of his faithfulness, because of his obedience. And David became increasingly popular in Israel during those days because he conquered this big guy, um, big giant Philistine named Goliath. And so King Saul grew extremely jealous um, of David's popularity and favor and tried to kill him both directly and indirectly. So here we have David in a highly emotional situation, escaping for his life to this cave called Adullam. So we get a real glimpse of David's real life thoughts, feelings, emotions, etc. in Psalm 57, which is what we're going to read. Cool. All right, Psalm 57 for the director of music to the tune of Do Not Destroy of David. Have mercy on me, my God. Have mercy on me, for in you I take refuge. I will take refuge in the shadow of your wings until the disaster has passed. I cry out to God most high, to God who vindicates me. He sends from heaven and saves me, rebuking those who hotly pursue me. God sends forth his love and his faithfulness. I am in the midst of lions. I am forced to dwell among ravenous beasts, men whose teeth are spears and arrows, whose tongues are sharp swords. Be exalted, O God, above the heavens. Let your glory be all the earth. They spread a net for my feet. I was bowed down in distress. 
They dug a pit in my path, but they have fallen into it themselves. My heart, O God, is steadfast. My heart is steadfast. I will sing and make music. Awake, my soul. Awake, harp and litter. I will awaken the dawn. I will praise you, Lord, among the nations. I will sing of you among the people. For great is your love reaching the heavens, and your faithfulness reaches the skies. Be exalted, O God, above the heavens. Let your glory be over all the earth. So, do you guys like Psalms? I love Psalms. I think it's incredible. They are incredible. Um, So here we have this real guy experiencing outward opposition, but also inward opposition. David's psalm is incredible. What really stands out to me in this is that David is a leader, and he's actually in front of his army, his community of 600 warrior men, um, which warriors are not weak little puny guys. Like, they're, they're pretty big out there. Um, and he shows them real emotional strength by going in the middle of them and literally he was singing this vulnerable song to God. He was real about his emotions before God and before his community. And the fact that he starts the psalm with, have mercy on me for I take refuge in you, to take refuge in something is to find safety in it, to find safety in someone. And then he cries out to God. He has a real emotional response. Tears have had to have been shed out of the fear and just the real moment with God that he was having. I mean, he would have been completely lying before God if he would have acted like everything was completely fine. And then he ends beautifully with praise, but also trusting in God's faithfulness. So you might be thinking, cool, Haley, you know, David, he embraces his emotion. Awesome, but like what happens next in the story? Well, now we're actually going to read 1 Samuel 24, 4 through 7. So if you want to flip to your Bible, if you have one, or the Bible app, or whatever you use, cool. Or if you just like the screen, that's what I normally do. All right, so 1 Samuel. The men said, this is the day the Lord spoke when he said to you, I will give your enemy into your hands for you to deal with as you wish. Then David crept up unnoticed and cut off a corner of Saul's robe. Afterwards, David was conscience-stricken, for having cut off the corner of his robe. He said to his men, The Lord forbid that I should do such a thing to my master, the Lord's anointed, or lay my hand on him, for he is the anointed of the Lord. With words, David sharply rebuked his men and did not allow them to attack Saul. And Saul left the cave and went his way. So here we have David. He had enough, ment- or enough mental strength to choose to not kill his enemy right in front of him. I think it's so beautiful, but also so cool to grasp that he did not let his emotions allow him to do something he knew was wrong. Because to kill the king would be to commit a sin. To kill anyone would be to commit a sin, but especially the king who was anointed by God. And so because David had this clear head on his shoulders, he was in control of his actions and trusted that he knew ultimately God was in control of this situation even when the enemy was brought right into his hands. And God carried out that plan later on, if you read. I encourage you to keep reading sometime. 
Um, David had his emotions that he did express, but he was strong enough to not live based on them. Self-control reflects the character of God. And God placed Saul there in front of him. And David could have had all this resentment and anger, I'm sure, and hatred, and even fear towards this dude. He could have struck him down, but he knew if he would have, it would have been the wrong thing to do. So David used logic for a moment. He had a clear head and asked himself, is it okay if I kill this king? Like, should I strike him down? No, because that's not what God really wanted to do. He chose his emotions to be a gift, but not something that he was led by, because really emotions are followers. And he grew in intimacy with God in the midst of that. I mean, we have Psalm 57 because of this situation, guys. And so I think that brokenness, too, was a great heart posture for David to have because those exact things that he was going through, those hardships, that pain, that suffering, would later lead him on to the future things God had for him to endure. The emotionally mature Christian embraces their emotions and controls their emotions. So now what? How can you uh, be challenged? How can you apply that, you know? That's the kind of stuff I like whenever I go and listen to sermons. So I really believe in you guys, and I think God does too. You can become and you can grow emotionally mature and be people who embrace and control your emotions. This author, who's really cool and wrote this awesome book, um, I, if you want to know more about it sometime, come reach out to me. But his name is Peter Scazzaro, and he says, it is impossible for you to grow spiritually mature without becoming emotionally mature. So I have five things that you guys can do. Five, five, five things that you can do to apply this sermon to your life. So the first thing, is it up here? Yay! Okay, it looks great. Number one, recognize that emotions are a gift from God. They are good. Brokenness, I promise, is like the best place to be. Emotions are healthy to face and express. If you only knew how like sorry Jesus is for the really hard things that you've been through, how he wants to be there for you, to comfort you, to heal you, really pain and suffering are a gift from God because it allows us to get closer to him. And if we're vulnerable enough, it also allows us to get closer to others. Invite Jesus into the deep parts of your life, the painful places, the ugly places, the past, with him. Because good, if you have a lot and you're like, oh, Haley, you just don't know how much I have, good. It is more for God to restore, I promise. And we only read a snippet of David's life through the psalm. But we have many other psalms to read or even create on our own. Number two, master over your emotions. Don't let emotions master over you. This is learning to control them. You can take a step back in the highly intense moments in life. Trust me, there's plenty to come, and there will be more. <laughs> and so we can learn from David and choose to not let emotions allow us to do wrong or sinful things. There will be plenty more opportunities for this, but start in the small everyday moments. 
Number three, invite community into your emotional life. You won't go far if you go on your own, you guys. I've tried. You will actually get unstuck when you invite others into these parts of your life. But here's the thing, is that you actually have to be the one to initiate it. Don't wait for people to ask, how are you doing? Or how are you really doing, you know? <laughs> people don't know what's going on inside of you unless you just legitimately tell them. Talk to a staff person. We're here to love and serve you. We're not up here for nothing. <laughs> Talk to your small group leader. They're also serving you and they love you a ton. Or even your small group. And if you're not connected to a small group, I really recommend getting connected to a small group. It'll change your life. You really, you all have people that really love you. You're surrounded with love. And if you're struggling, you have people that actually want to lift you up whenever you're going through those things. And don't be surprised that whenever you do share all your stuff, that Jesus is going to use it for good and that the person that you're talking to has probably already been through it before. And so just saying, when we share our emotions and struggles, it brings restoration to you. Yes, that's great. But it also brings healing to the whole community. Number four, this is a hard one for a lot of people. It actually takes a lot of humility to seek out, whoop, to seek out counseling. Here's the thing, our staff team, our leadership team, we're not professional counselors. We don't have those degrees, we don't have those skill sets. But counseling is an incredible resource that can actually bring forth breakthroughs in your life if you're willing to try it out. And many students like you have actually gone and sought that out at SEMO and have received great healing and benefited from it. So what makes it such an awesome resource is that it's free for you. And it's also not connected to anyone back at home or anyone in XA. How nice is that? You can actually trust them and open up about even deeper things that you need to. And to be honest, this makes me really sad, but I have a lot of adult friends that want to seek counseling because they know that they need the help, but they can't afford it. And so they, they can't go, they don't. And so really grasp the resource that you guys have in your hands. It's free. And I actually have the information for you in this moment too. And so we can put that up. Cool, sweet. SEMO Counseling Services. So to make it really simple, you can go on the SEMO website and you can just look up Counseling Services. Um, there is that really long web address. That's kind of crazy, so I don't blame you if you don't use that. <laughs> um, but make an appointment and tell your small group leader or just tell a friend. Um, there's the number for you. Or if you really want to go in person, like go up to Chris Paul, 201, and make that appointment. Um, I can tell you firsthand that it is life-changing and it does help. And I have been really thankful to use that and to use resources that I have. Um, and I feel like I am better because of it. And so I really recommend go to counseling if that is for you. Number five, solitude and rest. So get away from the noise, guys. We have such a social media-filled, noisy life, really. We're always on our phones. We don't really get a quiet moment to just think. Like we're actually made to go home at night, to lay in your bed and to just think, not be on your phone, but to think and process your day and how you're doing. And not a lot of us do that. And it sounds like such a simple thing, but 
taking those moments even throughout the day are really healthy um, and can help you assess like, all right, I am doing good, or okay, I'm feeling a little tired or overwhelmed. You just become more self-aware. And, and take a rest, like a rest day each week. All of us are workaholics. <laughs> or if you're on the other spectrum, it's not an excuse to be lazy either. <laughs> and so wherever you find yourself, um, make sure that you do take a rest day, but you're also doing what you need to do. You guys, Jesus really loves and likes you, like, so much, more than you could ever fathom, and he desires for you to grow and mature in every way. The emotionally mature Christian embraces their emotions and controls their emotions. All right, so I'm here to inspire you. I know we've had just, like, a lot of, like, okay, deep talk kind of thing, but, like, Jesus believes in you more than you believe in yourself. He sees you to become someone even better than you are now. He loves you for where you're at, but like he sees where you can be and where you're going. And he's so proud of you. He's so proud of you for showing up. And he wants us to become people who do learn how to embrace and control our emotions. And he's not hard on you about it. Some of us really just don't know how. And that's okay, because he will teach you how if you allow him in and if you allow your community in. I mean, imagine the healing testimonies that can literally come from this room alone to later go and change and transform the world, but also the lives of people that we don't even know yet. Man, when we understand our story, others' lives radically change too. And many of us in the room, I know I do, we want to create a new legacy in our families. Or you want to continue the one that you have that's incredible. Well, this is the way to do it. I mean, we see David. David actually brought forth the line of Jesus. If you go back and all that cool stuff, um, God used him to later bring forth the Messiah, the promised one, Jesus, into the world. Um, and so if we mature now, imagine what our future families will benefit from. Imagine like the wives and the husbands and the bosses and the leaders and the mentors we can become because of this. And so maybe you need to get counseling. That's awesome. But also, we're going to become better followers of Jesus when we do this. And so let's allow Jesus to do the deep healing work in our lives. Because the emotionally mature Christian embraces their emotions and controls their emotions. Bum, bum, bum.